Verizon brings you Pay It Forward Live, a weekly live stream featuring big names in entertainment to support small businesses. Tune in every Tuesday and Thursday on at Verizon's Twitter or Twitch, Yahoo and Fios Channel 501 at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Hello and welcome to another episode of This Feels Terrible. I'm your host, Erin McGathy. I hope you are taking care of yourself this week. I am trying to take care of myself in the midst of feeling very overwhelmed with moving house. Potty and I have officially moved into our own little cottage here in Dublin where I am recording now. I have nicknamed it Begathy Cottage. It's official because it's the name on our joint Netflix account. Very exciting and wonderful, but boy, is my clumsiness in full force. As as Potty says, I am a disaster. I have broken mugs. I this is all since moving in the la, in the last six days. I have broken two coffee mugs. I stepped barefoot on an AC adapter. Yes, like. <laughs> the the worst thing, the two prongs, and it was painful and gross. I also learned the incorrect way to defrost a freezer. Oh, that's potty texting. Okay, he's thanking me. He's thanking me for remember, remembering to bring him his phone charger when we go to the movies later. Ah, modern romance. Uh, anyway, I, I learned the incorrect way to defrost a freezer. And I'm going to share that with you. Um, The wrong way to defrost a freezer is by taking a butcher knife and hacking at the frost like you're trying to get to the body of a dead loved one on Everest. Um, I punctured the freezer. I did not know that was a thing that could happen. I just thought it was a genius because I didn't have to like wait um, and like let the freezer to let the freezer defrost naturally. I, I punctured a hole in the freezer and I released all the Freon into my own face. It sprayed out. It looked cool at first. And then I freaked out, obviously, because Freon is incredibly dangerous. And I, I closed the refrigerator and uh, found out after a very, very brief Googling session that um, I broke the freezer. It's not really, no one comes by to replace the Freon in your freezer or refrigerator. So I have to replace the whole thing, which, um, which feels like an excellent metaphor for letting time heal wounds. If you are currently going through something through like a loss or change or breakup, let your heart defrost a bit. Just unplug the refrigerator that is your ego trying to make sense of everything and don't hack away at the ice on your freezer heart with a knife. Don't don't take big steps right now. Don't get drunk and sleep with someone you wouldn't normally sleep with just to feel better. Don't impulsively buy a dog. Don't set your clothes on fire. Don't set anyone else's clothes on fire. Just defrost. 
This week on the podcast, I present to you a real doozy of a conversation. Uh, my guest on the podcast is actor, comedian, freestyle rapper, and Canadian Andre Vermeulen. You know her as Dr. Scholes from Angie, Tri- Angie Tribeca on TBS. You may also have heard her as Rough Nut on Dragons, which is the How to Drain- Train Your Dragon animated series. She's also a regular at the UCB, which is where we met many years ago. I'm a big fan of this conversation. Um, it starts out very new agey and Californian, and then it gets to some pretty interesting places. For example, Andre talks about how she got breast implants at the behest of an ex-boyfriend and how those are now on display at a museum. So, yeah. Uh, also, at the start of this conversation, Andre and I are talking about hens laying eggs and... Um, I've learned since we had this conversation that hens do, in fact, lay eggs daily uh, during some time, times during the year. So there we go. You learn, you learn a lot. And on that note, please enjoy this conversation uh, that I had with Andre and Burbank a little while back. Here we go. I don't think they lay eggs every day. They can't, right? No. I'm also, sure. I would much rather lay an egg than have a human right. woman. Yeah, period. have like a little contained thing yeah. that I can sell to people. <laughs> <laughs> That's nutritious. Look That's what great. I made. <laughs> it's great for breakfast. Hard boiled for a snack. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Why? Why are chickens' periods so so advanced? And are just like a like a sad. A sad parade, a sad bloody parade. I was just telling Dustin that the reason I had to reschedule this is because I I went to this acupuncturist Mm. and I had all these blood tests done and I'm on birth control, which is supposed to lower your estrogen and progesterone. Can never say that right. Sure. I have none. None at all, <laughs> which is really? like also bad. What is that? How does that affect you? It can make you tired. It can mm. also like give you breakouts because we all have a little bit of testosterone. Yeah, yeah. So if it's just a little testosterone, then you get like pimples and stuff. Mm. And so she's been doing this Chinese magic. And <laughs> but the day that we were supposed to record, all of a sudden. So I've never, women hate me. I've never had PMS. I barely have a period. And all of a sudden, I woke up one day and I was like really grumpy. This was the day before we were supposed to record. And I was Mm -hmm. like, huh, weird. Is this like PMS? Because it is, you know, coming up on that time of the month. And then the day that we were supposed to record, I was uncontrollably crying, like lethargic, (laughs) the world, everything is shit, nothing matters, depressed, like couldn't get up, couldn't stop crying, didn't know why, thought maybe it was for like, I was like trying to, because I didn't understand what it was, I was like trying to figure out what it was, (laughs) and I'm like talking about what it could be, but it was like nonsense, my boyfriend's like, I don't understand what's happening, and I was like, I don't think I can do this podcast. I'm like a mess. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I emailed her and I was like, this, I feel like a crazy person. I don't understand what's happening. And she she's like, like, oh, this is just what most women experience. She said it's a de- I'm detoxing. She has me on all this shit. And mm. she said that my, when your liver starts detoxing, we store old toxic hormones in there. What? And, and when you start detoxing it, they get released. So it's like someone just opened the wolf cage and they're just running all over my body. I feel like they should have warned you. I know. I mean, that's... And then she she gave me these pills. I had to go in and get more pills. I'm taking so many pills. And they say, 
women's pills. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. And I was like, cool, let me take these women's pills. But yeah. they did immediately help the symptoms. Interesting. I wonder if she she was actually resentful and so she's like, oh, I've never had a period, never had yeah, PMS. I'll show I'll her. I'll show her. She's about to get, get hell. I'll give her one rager <laughs> and then just let her be after that. Is there, like PMS is one of those things where if you don't before you experience it, it kind of seems like something that's not real or like something that's yeah. just like a Kathy cartoon and just like, okay, well. Yeah, like you're I, being too sensitive or like it's not that bad. Yeah. But it's actually and uncontrollable. It's actually terrible. Yeah, I, I, I got on birth control when I was 17 because I was told that, um, well, actually, I was about to tell you the reason that I told my dad. <laughs> not the no, I'm not reason. your dad. Tell me the real reason. I got on birth control because I wanted to have sex with my boyfriend. But right. I, when I told my dad, because my uh, my stepmother found my birth control pills in my, or my, like the packaging in the trash and taped it to my door <gasps> with like a big list of, because she was... Catholic and had like this whole anti birth control thing. Which is a you know a whole thing, but anyway, she t- so she, she t- publicly t- shamed you. She publicly shamed me in in, in the in your own in my home. home. Taped this thing to the door. I had ar- already been relegated to my little brother's room and was sleeping on a bunk bed because they had turned my room into some sort of something. Oh, her her kids were living there. Anyway, <laughs> so many many uh, layers many of layers, betrayal. Layers. Yeah, I was home from college. Anyway, I uh, I told my dad I was on it because a doctor did say that it was good for preventing ovarian cancer. Yeah, which run, runs in my family. So anyway, the reason why I bring this up is that I when I was on birth control, like normal normal everything and then when I like heard about PMS, I thought it was just women being annoyed with the actual. Physical, yeah, the physical, like, oh yeah, it is, it is like annoying and yeah, like quote unquote icky, I guess, and maybe that would make you grumpy. But then when they got got off birth control, then it was like terrible cramps, and I cry, I cry so much, yeah, especially right before it. So it's a real thing. It's a real, real thing. Yeah. And I recently saw a trans guy do a stand up set, and he was saying that. You know, he started taking testosterone because physically, you know, he has a vagina and everything. So he has estrogen. Mm. So he started taking testosterone and was amazed by how it changes your instincts and your personality and like Mm. your sex drive. And it's like, so hormones are super real and they definitely affect your personality. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And when we're ovulating, our testosterone is higher, right? Like when we're, yeah, like testosterone makes everyone feel. Sexy. Horny. Yeah. Horny. Horn dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for wearing this lay. You're Dustin, welcome. My, my uh, headphones are really loud. If I could turn them down a little bit. Um, yeah. Okay. What were we just saying? <laughs> Hormo. Oh, I you. like mine. <laughs> Dustin, don't touch mine. <laughs> oh, I, I thought you were saying that you like your hormones. And I oh, like, I like, yeah. yeah. And I just wanted to tell Dustin that. that. Thank you. Yeah. That's much better. Yeah. I had a friend who, uh, a few years ago, he was feeling really lethargic and kind of depressed. And he went to the doctor and the doctor said that his, um, he went to the doctor and the doctor said that his <laughs> testosterone was low. So we started taking testosterone. So this is a dating podcast. 
And we've Great. started, yeah. <laughs> Or like, is it a dating podcast? I don't think so, actually. I think it's a podcast about relationships. Feelings. Feelings. Your relationship. The hard ones. Yeah. Uh, your relationship with yourself. You're in a new relationship. Yeah. Yeah. That's brought up all sorts of um, hurdles. Yeah? What's the... What's because like... he's nice to me. What the fuck? <laughs> How do you, how do you, uh, how, how are you, how are you dealing with that? Are you acting Well, out? it because triggers old hurt. Mm. Him being nice to you? Yes. So mm. when someone, I've never experienced this. <laughs> this is so sad. But I feel, so my family, I realized through this relationship, and I, I was aware of it, but it really brought it up, that everyone in my life, my family or relationships, whenever there's a trust built, they break it in a massive way. Mm. Everyone has always abandoned me or done something really terrible. You know, like my first, I think, like most real adult relationship that was four years had unshakable trust mm. and was very, you know, I just loved him and, and I trusted like... You know, I was never jealous or anything. And mm. then he was doing all sorts of terrible things, sexting yeah. with girls and, like, Ugh. messaging on Facebook. And then um, then straight up ended, ended up cheating in the end. Yeah. And even when I found out about the sexts and all of that stuff, Did I find still forgave one? him. Yeah, okay. And I, would, and I was still with him, and I was, mm -hmm. like, trying to shake it. Um, and then he ended up cheating in the end. So that's, like, really hard to yeah. come back from. Is that something that you are always thinking about? Is that... Um, yeah, it's less so now. And then the relationship that I had after that, which was three years, he didn't have any girlfriends, really. Mm. Like, the girlfriends he had were um, the girlfriends of his guy friends, and then we would all hang out together. Right, right. And my boyfriend now has a lot of girlfriends, so it's the first time I've had to deal with this since that old four-year one. So it's yeah. been like, you know, three or four years since that the end of that four-year one. And I'm realizing, like, I didn't get to kind of... Because you can do therapy and you can work through it in your own emotion, but then I think you have to kind of go in the world and mm. actively... I think you do sort of need another person to help you kind of put closure to it. Interesting. You know, like you need a life experience to mm -hmm. undo the first life experience. Do you feel like you when you're dating the person that you're that you date is a response to the previous person? Um, I think if you've had a shit ton of therapy, I think <laughs> if you don't have any therapy, you just keep dating the same type of person over and over and over again. Mm. And it's not like it's your fault, but when you work on yourself actively, because we tend to be attracted to traits that we've grown up with because mm -hmm. we know how to navigate them. Right. So like with my family... Even though they're lovely in many ways, they're also very emotionally damaging in lots of ways. <laughs> right. But then you learn how to navigate that and you feel comfortable in that place. So then it's not like we're trying to pick bad partners for ourselves, but sure. we just naturally 
know how to be around certain people. So that mm. I think is why we gravitate towards things that we know. Sure. And then when you are around someone who's completely different from anything you know, that's like, oh, this is weird. I don't know how to <laughs> be around this person. But when you really actively work on yourself, which is extremely hard, and I think, I don't know, I think just going to therapy isn't always enough. I mm -hmm. think a lot of us go to therapy and just kind of vent, mm. but don't I hate do the hard that. work. I hate venting. I, like, I, I have a therapist who I see not enough... But the thing I like about her is that she doesn't let me just vent. Yeah. It makes me feel worse. Yeah, because you're not solving anything. Mm -hmm. I think there is a healthy thing to venting. Mm -hmm. But you also, like, if you're going to really do the hard work on yourself, that means you're not perfect. Sometimes mm -hmm. you're wrong. Yeah. You need to actively work to change behaviors and that sucks and it's mm -hmm. hard and people don't like to do that generally. I'm sitting here wondering if we have, I don't think we have the same therapist. Mine's in New York. Okay. Ooh la la. Well, cause I had Show her <laughs> in New kidding. York <laughs> and I really liked her. And then when I moved here, By coastal therapy. Yeah. There were just too many changes. So we both decided that yeah. I shouldn't also have that as a change. Sure. That's kind of mind-blowing to me that you have a therapist in New York. We do phone therapy because I'm yeah. very verbal. She doesn't do oh. that with... I don't think she does that with anyone else, actually. Because oh. some... She's like saying, like, some clients, she has to, like, look at them and be like, how are you feeling? Like, she can tell something's happening, but they don't mm -hmm. say it. But I'm just, like, a verbal parade. <laughs> so <laughs> she doesn't have to be like, how are you feeling? And I'll be like, oh, I'm feeling this. Um, <laughs> I... Yeah, I, my, um, yeah, we were well, I want to address what you were talking about, like, with, with dating the same person over and over again. My, my, before we talk about therapy, my therapist said that, uh, that a lot of times, like, our trauma as children, we, we are actually, like, trying to relive it because we want to fix it. Yeah. Like, part of us is like, okay, get this redo. time around, yeah, this time around, I'm going to make things better and I know for me in relationships like I asked you that question because I was projecting because I do that like I definitely I feel like I'm not doing that right now yeah. but we always feel like we're doing the best possible thing in the yeah. thing that we're in it wouldn't make any sense if we're like well this relationship isn't as good as no. two ago it's like no this is the best one and, and and that's probably true yeah because you're getting closer to well I feel like each relationship we have even if it goes bad mm-hmm it was still good in some way. Like yeah. each relationship gives us a little puzzle piece. And then we're putting <laughs> all the puzzle pieces together to find, I mean, and who knows how and big the puzzle is. And you cut off a limb and some of his hair. Yes. And, and his foot. And, and then you, you put it. stitch it together yes. and you make a new person. No. <laughs> you, keep it, you keep it in your closet, in the back of the closet. Yeah. You, you kiss it at night. People at home are start creating a really morbid voodoo doll that rots. Have you? Ever done anything like that? Have you ever? I feel like you would make a voodoo doll. Yeah, I haven't. I'm very scared of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I do. Well, I, I said that not because I think that you're like like vindictive in that way, but yeah. I feel like like you you're in that that you would because you would believe in it, you wouldn't do it. Right. Yeah. Here's what I do. Okay. Oh. So I have. Um, I at first when people had crystals and stuff, I was like, ugh. Mm-hmm. 
Now I so it started with um, I went to Bali and I went during this really healing time. It was a new year and it's very meaningful and all this stuff. And there's lots of I went to these healing water temples and wow, yeah. And when, was, when was this? This last year, March. Okay, it was my first vacation ever. Did you go by yourself? I went with some girls. Oh, nice. Yeah, my friend was doing a yoga oh, retreat. Nice <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> girls. Nice. <laughs> Were they wearing bikinis? Yes. Nice. It's hot. <laughs> also, what I'm wearing right now is contributing to this character. Yeah, I look like yeah. the most white trash. <laughs> like, oh, it's white, great. I hate that. I hate that expression. Sorry, no, family. It looks more relaxed. Bali vibes. Yeah. So you were. So you're out with some hot babes in Bali. Yeah. And um, my friend, who's the yoga instructor, was telling me that like, so she was wearing this volcanic, volcanic, um, lava bracelet, mm. and it's a very porous thing. Lava is very dried. Lava is very porous. So she was wearing it around Bali to soak up all those vibes. It was a really <laughs> interesting time. It was the new year, which is like super whatever. Doesn't that seem like a little too on the nose? Like it's, it's like a little, I, I bought one. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, lo I love stuff. I love stuff like that just for like the the magic of it. Like it's like we get to be children again because it, yeah. it is such childlike logic that's like there yeah. are holes in the rock. <laughs> and so they soak up the well, I will say, so I, I did get one. I was wearing it around. It was also a full uh, solar eclipse, mm. which is very rare, I guess. And that's like during during the day. The Yeah. yeah. Someone came by with a little paper thing for me to look through, and I was like, whoa, or some, a plastic. I don't know. It doesn't matter what it's made of. I saw it. And um, so I got that, and then I got, uh, and I was like going through... It was like, what was that? Like six months into my three-year breakup, and then I had been dating. That makes it sound like you were breaking up for three years straight, which just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It took a long time to break up with him. Which um, I think it happens. That happens. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, three, yeah, after a three-year Yeah, so I was just like, up. ugh. And I was just feeling like I'm never going to find anyone. Like, I want to, I, and I was just like, I want to find the person. Not that that's what my whole trip was about at all, but I was just like trying to invite in and be my best self so I can invite in. I think that's a big thing. If you're your best self, you invite in someone who you ideally want, mm -hmm. you know? But if you're not your best self, you can't invite that person in. Yeah. You probably repel them. Sure. Yeah, well, I think... I think or any, you would, like, push them away. I think any any frequency that you're that you're vibrating at. I love how, I love, I love how uh, new age this podcast has become, but I think like if you if you are if you are in a bad place, you're going to invite other people who are in a bad place. Or if you're yeah. in a really insecure place, you're gonna going to invite that sort of person. Yeah. Because we we sense that in each other and we attract those people to us. Yeah. And even if like people listening like don't really believe in energies or crystals or any of that stuff and it sounds so crazy coming out of my mouth. Um it's in layman's terms, you do feel it every day. You're like, huh, there's just like something I don't like about that person or, oh, I'm really like drawn to this person for some reason. Mm -hmm. That's their energy, their whole yeah. kind of vibe. Yeah. And it's like a very real thing. I, lo I love all the I love all the crystal things just for the totem aspect of it. I don't know how deeply I believe in like the actual <laughs> the I'm I'm doing a, I'm doing a physical movement on a podcast. Yeah, I'm yeah. waving my <laughs> my hand around. Like I think it's when I've gone through when I went through my divorce. One thing I did was I went to the and I've never done this before, but I went to 
that crystal shop in Silver Lake. Yeah. What is that called? I actually don't know. Like I pun, pictured though. the one in Los Fields. Oh, House of Intuition? Yes. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I bought a bunch of candles that represented, that said on them, because they make it very easy. Yeah, yeah. Like this is for uh, forgiveness, and this right. is for that, and I and I got all the things that I wanted to concentrate on, and it was very, it was very good for me to have those, and I put them in my bathtub and I lit them and just like let them yeah. be lit for three days. Well, here's the thing: if you're skeptic. It doesn't matter if the actual stone or the actual candle, quote unquote, works. If it mentally makes you think that it works like it's a mind trick and then you feel differently because it was a way for you to kind of get yourself into a different state of mind, it worked. It's the same thing as as like doctors wearing white instead of neon green. Like we'd be upset by that, even though color is meaningless and the doctor might be the best doctor in the world, you'd still be like, "Uh, can you please wear white? Yeah. It's the same thing. So, Even like a nurse wearing purple scrubs, you might not take her as seriously. <laughs> if she's going to take your blood, you'd be like, does she know how to do this? Yeah, I, I love, I love, I, I don't, I don't have a problem with it, but it is so funny that like nurses can wear like children's pajamas, basically. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody, everybody who's wearing these scrubs and they're super comfortable. I love when a nurse walks in with like, like a really obnoxious pattern mm-hmm. all over. Genuinely love it. Yeah. I wish we could all do that. It's probably good if you're in pediatrics, but you have to be like teddy bear scrubs. Yeah. But yeah, in Bali, I got a, I got a mala, which is like a kind of like a, I think it's a Buddhist thing. I don't know. Yoga people have them. (laughs) There's 108 beads. They mean something that I don't know. And (laughs) I got one that's like for the throat chakra because I, that's something I, that's like just communicating in general and has always been an issue and like feeling heard. Mm-hmm. by people has been a big issue for me, especially my family. And then on a physical level, I found out this past year that I had a thyroid problem and I've had it for so really? long and I had no idea. And I was feeling like an alien. I'm like, what is wrong with my body? What What was it? What was I was it lethargic. I was feeling depressed. Like, I am naturally sort of introverted, but now I'm starting to feel like maybe that was the thyroid the whole time. Like, I don't Mm want to go out to parties. I don't want to. And part of it was like, because I physically was feeling so down. Yeah. And then it just runs everything. Dry skin, dry hair. Um, There can be some digestive things. I didn't really have that much of that problem. And then... um, weight gain if you're hypothyroid or like can't keep weight on if you're hyperthyroid. Yeah. And I was like fantasized about being hyperthyroid. But (laughs) then you get like a heart attack. Yeah, of course, of course. No, I know it's Yeah. So I was like uh I was like ten to fifteen pounds heavier than I am right now, working out six days a week, eating practically a raw vegan diet and gaining weight. Like what the fuck? So then I was like, all right, something's wrong with me. And something was very wrong. My thyroid was like off the charts. And now I like barely work out and I just sort of, I I don't, I used to count calories. I don't count calories. I don't count portions. I just eat intuitively. So everybody out there, go check your thyroid because it's a very, it's becoming like super common. Interesting. And most people don't know they have it. I, um... As you were telling that story, I remembered that a few nights ago I had a dream about you. 
Where I had I, a dream about you that I'll tell you in a really? second. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I had this... I, I can't remember, like, the whole scope of the dream, but... Because I realized, I realized, like, before asking you on this podcast, and I've wanted to have you on for a while, that I, like, that I actually, like, think about you a lot. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but wait till you hear my thoughts. Oh, no. Uh, no, no. It's, uh, but, uh, but especially, like, now that you're in this time of your life where you're, you are on a show and you're doing all these appearances mm-hmm. and you're an actress and, like, everything that comes with that and all of the pressures that come with that Mm -hmm. and I uh, oh well my dream very quick was was that I was I was in like a in like a dungeon with a bunch of (laughs) (laughs) I was a dragon (laughs) I was in a I was in a dungeon like but it was a it was like a trip it was it was like a it was Los Angeles Mm -hmm. basically and I don't mean I guess symbolically it's weird that I didn't see how on the nose that is, but I was that you were in, in a dungeon, but it was Los Angeles. Yeah, it was, so it was like a met, it was it like looked like metal a dungeon, bars. But I, it was yeah. Well, it was just like um, like an oubliant, like just like st- stones. <laughs> I had to swallow my smoothie. What? <laughs> I have never heard the word oubliant. I don't know what it means. Uh. <laughs> An oubliant was a medieval thing that was in castles where they would um, they would capture somebody and instead of like putting them to death, they would just put them in this hole and they would people would just starve to death. Interesting, yeah. and it's I wonder if it. And has I know a f- about that because it is referenced in Labyrinth. And then okay. I, and the, but it, but I but I used to be very here's a weird fact I used to be very interested in castle architecture. Wow. So that was the thing. More interesting to me is I wonder if the word has a French root because oublier is, yeah. is to forget. To forget, exactly. Cool. Yeah. yeah. We did it. We did it. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you are, are you, are you French Canadian? And why did I No I Canadian. That? Just Canadian. My first, that boyfriend who cheated on me was Canadian. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'm half Belgian, and most of my family oh, lives right. in France and Belgium. That's and my dad right. said that I was French growing up. It's a whole way too long of a story. It's <laughs> not suited for this podcast. In the back of my mind, I'm trying to think about how to ask you about your your family or like what the right question is to ask. But in my in my dream, it was Los Angeles, but it looked like a dungeon, and there were a bunch of people like hanging out, and it was a lot of people I liked, and someone said. I was like I, I was I was I was struggling to um, like catch up with everybody. Yeah. Like in the dream, and I I said I I, I like made a joke. You know. Oh, by the way, side note. I love it in in dreams when we make jokes. Do you ever do that? Like you write a joke that doesn't that's really stupid but in dream logic is hilarious. I'm feeling like I've never made a joke in my dreams. Oh really? I do all the time that I wake up I'm like, "Uh, oh no, that's not." You're like not funny. Funny at all. I thought I I dreamt a whole spec script for the Mindy project the other night. That's amazing. All around a new color being invented called Hunan. Hunan. <laughs> Hunan, which is like a bright red. Anyway, in this dream <laughs> uh I was I was trying to yeah I was trying to catch up with everybody and I made a joke and I said oh well I should just pee all over myself <laughs> <laughs> 
And and then you like as if my as if my dream was like a Woody Allen movie. You were like, I've tried that. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. So that was that dream. But what was your dream? Oh, it's dark. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. My dreams tend to be a little darker or strange. Um that's as dreams. This was well, the most specific, and I don't know what it means. So it was you and another person that we both know, but I don't want to say in case they get like, why did you dream that of me? It doesn't matter. I don't know why. <laughs> okay. Um, but I actually, side note, I told this other person about the dream, too, and oh. they were like, oh, Aaron and I were, were recently in an argument. And I was like, that's so strange. What? It's oh like I'm who? psychic. I want to know who it was. I'll tell you after. You have to tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Dustin will bleep it. Just so I know. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway. Weird. I don't remember being in an argument with her. I don't know. Interesting. I don't tend to get in arguments with people. She said, we... uh, we aren't on good terms right now or something like that. Really? Okay. Well, new. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a new while ago. Me. This sure, was a while okay. ago. Okay. I do remember her asking me if, if I was mad at her and I was like, oh, no. so I guess she thought you were mad at her. <laughs> I guess so. Okay. Okay. Anyway. So, um, yeah, bleep all that. Um, so we were all, it was like a skyscraper, but it was a hotel. Mm-hmm. And I was like up on a higher uh, level, but I could see down there were these like um, rooftop kind of uh, like, like casual areas, like drinking areas or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there was a railing, like a pole, and you were like, oh, I always do these like loop-de-loos around the railing pole. And I'm like, from above, like, don't do that! Like, we're up on a skyscraper! And you, you both were like, it's fine. So you you get on the uh, loop-de-loo thing, or the railing, and you go, do you know what I mean? And you yeah, go yeah. forward and you spin back around yeah, to sit yeah. up. But as you went forward, you lost your balance and you started to fall. But then I, in the dream, was like, it was like I was a camera falling with you. And you were like, so confused, falling, like, what's happening? (laughs) And then it cuts away from you and it goes back to the other person. And then she was so upset, like, she wasn't supposed to. She's, we're all thinking you're dead. Mm -hmm. So she's like, that wasn't supposed to happen. She was just trying to do a (laughs) loop-de-loop. And she's like, I'm going to kill myself and threw herself off the building. Oh, wow. And she went splat for real down below. And then we see, we, me in my dream, Mm -hmm. see that you actually had just landed on the next thing and we're fine. Oh. And isn't that crazy? Interesting. I want, I mean, I've. I don't know and that what that was, means. I feel like I know what it means. You do? Well, I mean, I'm not inside your brain. But I don't know. I mean, I just, I just, like, this last year, you said you had this dream a few months ago. It was a, probably a month ago. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I left my husband. Yeah. I moved to Ireland. Like, yeah. that's like, that's a loop-de-loo. It's a lot. It yeah. is a loop-de-loo. And then maybe... It's I wonder if and it, actually the dream did happen after I saw you at that birthday. Remember? Uh at that bar. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was, and I, it was the yeah. first time I had seen you in a long time. Yeah. That so was then a you weird were in my consciousness. Yeah, interesting. I don't know. Isn't that weird? Yeah. And here's a side note. Mm. 
When I was like seven, my mom was watching The Color of Night starring Bruce Willis Mm -hmm. as a therapist. And uh, I actually had to figure out what that movie was through Doug Loves Movies because I I couldn't remember. Of course, he knew exactly what movie it was. (laughs) But this woman, so my mom was like covering my eyes when bad parts would come. Mm -hmm. And she kind of forgot. And this woman threw herself out the window of a skyscraper Mm. and splatted on the ground. Yeah. And I was so traumatized by that. Yeah. And it was interesting, too, because then I had just done the podcast. I think, like, I think all of that was, like, in my mind, too, at the Mm. because I just talked about it. Yeah. But my mom was, like, forever, like... So that was like a major parenting mess up. <laughs> like, why did you let me see that? It was yeah. really graphic. It's also it's such a, it's such a weird thing having your your mom, your caretaker, put her hands on your face when bad things are happening. <laughs> yeah. Like my my ex husband Dan had that with his mom, and she would do that when like sexy parts would come up. Oh no! So that's a whole other yeah. That's thing. damaging. Yeah. Weird. It's yeah. like shame, sex shame, sex shame. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I uh, yeah. So I so I said I I I think about you a lot. I think because I don't even know if you remember this, but years ago I had gone through like I went through a really bad breakup and I lost a lot of weight. Oh yeah. Like, really, suddenly and you sent me <laughs> and I sent you a message like what have you been doing yeah <laughs> and you're like my heart is broken you, is, you idiot <laughs> I remember exactly where I was when I got that message like I <laughs> the worst I was in Atlanta I know it wasn't it, like it didn't it didn't offend me at all it was just uh, that was actually the first time that I was like oh shit like I guess I have lost a lot of weight um but yeah, I the yeah okay. So so lots of questions. But um, going back to what you were saying earlier about way back when you were talking about going to Bali, yeah, post breakup, and you were talking about um, wanting, longing for that partner and this 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 thing. Do you feel like does does your I don't know, what's your relationship with that now, and how does that <laughs> increase with time? I, again, I'm projecting. Well, it was interesting, because so the Bali thing, I had just had a two-month relationship that was a disaster on wheels. Mm. He was a divorced person with two small oh, fuck children. divorced people. With two small I'm children. Just kidding, I'm joking. <laughs> and yeah. divorce is fine, but like recently divorced and kind of was untruthful with me about how recent the divorce had been. Mm. And in hindsight, when I found out, like, so he said they had been divorced for a year and he had done, you know, eight months of therapy and whatever else. And I was like, that's good. Yeah. The reality was they signed the divorce papers a year ago. The mm. divorce had. And, you know, California takes a long time to go through. Not mm-hmm. that that matters. But they had still been living in the house with their children as a family. And oh, he had uh, only moved out like four months before we started dating. Mm. And I was like, so that's really when it starts. Yeah. You've been living as a family. Yeah. For, Why do you think he lied about that? I think people like to just make it sound better because they want something. You know, yeah. He wasn't I mean, being mal- like, malicious. Yeah. He just wanted he wanted to date me, mm-hmm. and I, you know, he just kind of like fudged you? it. We worked together 
not great start. But then he had left the... So he was on the crew of my show. Mm. And then he had left... What job? Camera. Mm. But then he left the show and got promoted to DP of another show on another network. And then we started dating. Mm. Um and side note, that was a very big learning experience as far as sex shaming and how women are not. So here's the real story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there were two camera guys. Okay. The first camera guy who I ended up dating, I had really liked him from the season prior as mm. well. But I knew he was like going through a divorce and I was like, mm, that's not as smart to get involved. He had like just gotten divorced. Mm-hmm. And then... This other guy was, like, younger and just, like, super hot and fun. And then he started sort of flirting with me in our second season. And I... um, Zooming in on your boobs. Zooming in on my boobs, which were gone at that point. We'll we'll talk about that later. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so I decided to uh, do something I've never done post three-year breakup guy and I was like I'm just gonna take a lover because I wanted to just be single for a while I haven't How been Madame single Beaufort of you yeah. yeah I'm going to take a lover yes <laughs> so, so so you're going to have casual sex with somebody which without I've never it being done interesting no never no one night stands or no always really? the person I've slept with I've always been in a relationship with gotcha and so I was very, very clear with him, too, which was great. I was very proud of myself. So With your cigarette holder yes, lying on a shelf. And I was like, darling, this could never be anything. You I'm- and I, it's just physical, see? And he agreed. And I was like, good. And, and um, that lasted literally maybe a week and when I look I put everything in my calendar because I'm a nerd and then it was like a week and then lingered off into, after two weeks and that was it it was our little fling mm. so that was done and then I decided to really date when you say lasted a week I feel like we like slept together for over the span of a week it was okay. like one weekend and then another weekend and mm-hmm. then it was done Mm-hmm. And then um, I start dating camera guy, and these two are friends, and they've worked together for a really long time. And I was like, I feel like I have to tell him. <laughs> yeah. He's going to find out somehow. So I tell him, mm-hmm. and he and I had not slept together yet, but we he had we'd gone on an amazing first date, and then I had gone out of town for the holiday, and like we were texting every day or and like talking every day, and it was great. And I was like, this is amazing. This is like such a great match for me. Mm-hmm. And then I tell him, and he loses it. And he's really? so upset with me and is like, you know, sex is a really big deal. And I, it was like really hard. It was making me feel like I did something really wrong. Hmm. And because it was his friend and all this stuff, like if you and I, you know, we were saying like we always thought like maybe we would date. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, if you knew that, why would you have slept with that guy? And it's like, I wasn't thinking that at the time. Also, you weren't showing me that you were interested in me in any way. Yeah. So I'm not going to like pine Also, bless you. him for showing 
his true colors so right off the bat. On. Yeah. And so that relationship, if you can call it that, was a disaster because from the beginning, I was coming from a place where I was like trying to make it up. And my mm. therapist was oh, like God. mad at me yeah. because she was like, you cannot be apologizing for this. You did nothing wrong. You two were not together. Yeah. And you slept with someone. And this is a, my therapist gets really mad when there are societal injustices and like just it's if if a guy did that no problem and the girl would just kind of like have to get over it and if it, if she didn't it, it wouldn't be in a, a discussion yeah. where he's like apologizing sure also no one should lord anyone's history over no. them ever no yeah. and that was like the first time i ever tried to just have casual sex and i was like being punished for it mm. and i feel like i've come and that's up. even like that's even I mean, there's more casual sex than that. Yes, <laughs> like you, you had, you had a, you had a, like, a beautiful fling, like a. a yeah, range. And it was really kind, and like it was someone I knew, and like, and we were very kind to each other, and like we weren't sleeping with other people for mm-hmm. that week. <laughs> but you know, it was like an understanding, and it was a really beautiful one. Yeah, and it was like so damaged then by this other guy, and. It's just sad to me because I had never done that and feel like I have grown up sort of with some sex shaming. I think as we all have, it's not like I don't actively remember my parents like shaming me, but I just feel like for some reason my family or the friends I was around, it was like kind of, you know, like don't like don't sleep with too many people. You don't want mm-hmm. your number to be too high or mm-hmm. like you yeah. don't want to be easy or a slut, which I think every woman experiences in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just kind of a bummer to me that the first time I did try and like really, and I felt so powerful when I did that. Yeah. And just fun and sexy. And then it was just so ruined in the end. I'm trying to mentally get myself back to that place where th- with the memory of that experience in my mind. Because hmm. this guy really shamed really? me for it. I mean, it's it's really just, it's really just embarrassing for that guy. I yeah. Mean, how how cool to be with somebody or to have someone be romantically interested in you and have the confidence to have like a like a like a boundary like a a, 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 a sexy Madame Bovary yeah. type fling. Madame Bovary is not the right reference. <laughs> she didn't she didn't arrange the flings. No. Um, but or she did. But oh, why am I talking about Madame Bovary? But it's like it's a nice it's a nice thing. It's a it's a cool sexually confident. Thing. Yeah, and shouldn't be a bad thing because I was so clear with that guy that I just was having sex with. When I told him like, "Hey, I want to date this other person," what we had was so fun. Um, he was like, "Great," you know, like yeah. And of course, he was like, "Oh, I kind of wish that we could have seen where maybe we would go," mm-hmm. but I understand this wasn't that wasn't what this was. Yeah. But and which I think when you have a beautiful thing with someone, part of me was always going to wonder, like, could it have been something else? But because I was so clear that there was no emotional, you know, like he wasn't mad at me. And it was interesting that the guy then that I was dating, I think he was like just so jealous and wondering, like, if I'm like secretly going to have a thing for this guy forever. And (laughs) it was just like interesting. And I feel like I have been in that place, too, because Mm -hmm. I didn't like being cheated on and stuff like I also didn't I've I haven't had an understanding of like 
No, there are just some things that are just physical and you can like draw that emotional line. Mm-hmm. I've never experienced that. So it also gave me an understanding of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I, I can sympathize with the whole idea that we don't. Well, we'd all be so much happier if we all let go of the idea that we belong to people. Yeah. And that people belong to us. Yeah. And this guy was very, like, possessive, I think, in that way. Mm. And just the whole relationship was, like, me trying to prove myself and make it up to him for something that I didn't even do wrong. Yeah. And then in the end, it was a disaster. And he... So then he started taking me for granted, I think, because then I was, like, trying to prove to him. And it was just bad. And then it ended, and I was supposed to go to Hawaii with him. So then that wasn't happening, and that was going to be my first vacation. Yeah. So then my friend was doing a yoga retreat in Bali, and I was like, fuck this. And with a week's notice... P.S. The airfare was very cheap for some reason. Oh. And I was like, I'm going to Bali. Yeah. And I was like, it's interesting to me that in that two-month thing, I was so heart-wrenched. And I'm sure there was residual stuff from the former relationship that was three years Mm -hmm. that maybe I hadn't dealt with because this was like the first little dabble in relationships since then. Yeah. But I was like, why am I so destroyed by this person that I've only been with for two months? Well, I mean, it's it's the hope of a new person. You're in your it's your CPR relationship. Yeah. Post like a long term breakup. And you don't get to like see it. You don't get to fully see it kind of go through all of its stages and then come to an end. Mm-hmm. It's like the beginning. And then it it's like you were like, I don't know. I was trying to think of a fun analogy. I'm also doing a hand movement. <laughs> but it's like you like went up the mountain and then it just disappeared and you dropped to the ground. Yeah. Like, you didn't yeah. get to like go down the slope of the other side and be like, oh, this was a mountain. Yeah. It's like, oh, the ground just disappeared beneath my feet. Sure. It's also so hard when you are in long term relationships consistently. Yeah. And you go from. Like, your mode, your normal mode is committed relationship. Mm-hmm. And so you're going from this long relationship, and it's so hard to not to not want that same comfort and commitment immediately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that's what you're used to, and that's what you've just lost. And yeah. now there's this hopeful, nice thing. Yeah, I... Yes. <laughs> I, uh, the, I feel like that's a... That's a super, that's a super common thing. Being really heartbroken by the first like mm-hmm. new relationship, yeah, out of the gate. I feel like I yeah. had a similar experience, or a million similar experiences. Yeah, yeah. So in your relationship now, like, do you? Um, oh, I want to ask you about him having a bunch of girlfriends. Yeah. So I'm assuming you mentioned that because, or we were talking about jealousy. Like, was that hard at first? Yeah, and I've had to really really address it and work on it with Mm. myself. And it's interesting because I'm a very secure person. We all have insecurity, no matter how secure you are. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have zero. (laughs) (laughs) But I... Doing loop-de-loos on this uh, side of the skyscraper. I I will live forever. I hope you don't um, walk away like, what the fuck? No. (laughs) 
I was like I trying was like, to read your energy. Like, should I not have told her that? No, I'm surprised I didn't have that dream. Like, it's it's not. It was also so cinematic. My dream. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's why you said we see because of, like the cut. Yeah, to it was and then so the weird. It's like I was the camera all of a sudden. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, the relationship now, it's interesting, I think, because I had been so fed up with that last thing. And then, Mm -hmm. like, I had been dating people in between. I was like, I'm always very honest, but I was like beyond honest Mm. and kind almost to a point where it's like, here's all my stuff. (laughs) So this is who I am. And I'm not going to pretend or bend for you in any way. Yeah. Because I tend to, I feel like I, in the past, have really sort of like. Presented. Yeah. Or I've just like not done things that make me happy or I've like hidden things about myself, stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And um, I was just like very, very honest. And then on top of it. What are the things that you tend to hide? Like the jealousy thing no like like crystal things and and like the fact that i say daily affirmations and just like all the crunchy granola stuff that's like yeah i am not religious but i still call it god and i do believe in an energy or a whatever whatever you want to call it the universe or whatever and Mm -hmm. like i will fucking talk out loud to it whatever it is but you've had you've hidden that before yes Mm. and that's too bad because it's such like an interesting, integral part of you. Yeah. And my last boyfriend, the three-year guy, was um, like angered by it when mm. I did share that with him. He would like get mad oh. um, instead of just being like, huh, that's a difference we have. How fun. You yeah. know? Um, and this guy, I just was like, I don't told him about something. I was like, and I have crystals and, like, <laughs> and all that stuff. And I had been seeing someone else. I had gone on a few dates and I was like, oh, maybe I really like this person, which is interesting and kind of disappointing to me because I think he had things to fix, which is a thing mm-hmm. that I've really tried to, I tend to want to help people. Sure. Which you shouldn't. Codependency. shouldn't be in a relationship right. with that person. Right. Um... And uh, so my boyfriend now, he was like, we had been texting and really hitting it off on the old texts. But then we (laughs) hadn't like met in person. He was going to come to a show. Uh, And then right before the show. How do you guys, was it like a Twitter? Well, we have a million friends in common. We had actually met each other twice at shows in the past and like, made no impression which is funny <laughs> sure. and we both both times I was in weird hats because I was always in some sort kind of costume you know? oh, I okay. so it wasn't just like us <laughs> and then uh, he I he had tweeted for Tig and I was like oh this person's funny so I started following him and then he started following me and then I had a tweet I had a tweet that's appropriate for this podcast and mm-hmm. I said what a sad something like what a sad time we live in where kissing someone holds less weight than following them on Instagram. <laughs> I had a friend who was like dating this guy and they had slept together but yeah. she was like couldn't follow him on Instagram. I was like this person's been inside of you <laughs> and you can't follow them on social media? Uh, yeah. What a weird time. It, that is so weird. So he had messaged me like boy that I really that really resonated with me and we had like a back and forth and it was very funny but he was like being very respectful and polite you know because it's a comedy community and, and I had been like I'm not going to date anyone in comedy. Mm-hmm. 
and as so, we all are one to do. Yeah. Um, so he, we were definitely flirting, but then at the end of it, he was like, "Well, great. I hope we see you around sometime." And I'm thinking, like, that's it. <laughs> and um, so I did a bold move, and yeah. I just responded with my phone number. And then he started texting me, and then we were texting back and forth. But fast forward, so then I was dating someone else, and I was like, I think I just want to see where this goes, like, for real. Mm-hmm. And uh, my boyfriend now was supposed to meet me at this show, so it's like the day or two before the show, and I was sent this long, honest text, which he later posted to Facebook in a joke, which I let him. But um, <laughs> I was like, hey, kind of maybe a bummer thing to say but like I have been seeing someone and I think I really like them and I want to know where it's gonna go mm-hmm. and I think you're lovely and kind and wonderful and um, I'm really happy to have gotten to know you this much and like maybe we can be friends or whatever and I was like uh, but I just want you to know where I am right now and mm-hmm. you know if you want to still come to the show you're welcome to come I'd like to meet you like for real in real life and if you don't want to come I totally understand that but I didn't want you to like come and then wonder if I was like a little distant or something yeah. or not responsive that is very thoughtful of you yeah I was like I don't want you to think like suddenly there's something wrong with you or like I suddenly don't like you or that's uh, not yeah, yeah. cool yeah because obviously so, the presumption is that like it's like a like a flirty thing. yeah and he just wrote back no <laughs> Uh, which made me laugh so hard. <laughs> and that's what he posted to Facebook. But then he followed it up with, like, oh, no, I totally understand. And, um, yeah, I'm really happy for the two of you, and I hope things go <laughs> south very quickly. And that made me laugh really hard. And I was like, well, if it's anything like anything, it will. And he came to the show anyway. Mm-hmm. And he uh, had written a – we had a joke. He was like, I'm going to go to your yoga class. And I was, like, a little sarcastic. I was like, Cool. Write me a full report. <laughs> he was like, I will. And I was like, great. Typed and printed. So he typed and printed a fake yoga report. It's the funniest thing I've ever uh-huh. read. He brought it to the show. And when we talked at the show, we were like, I was like, oh, no. We like, definitely <laughs> have something. And then he he drove me home. And um, I went inside. And I read the note. And I was like, oh, my God. And I texted him, like, you've made this very hard for me. And he's mm-hmm. like... Well, he's like, I don't want to put any pressure on you, but I would love to take you on a date if you would. And I was like, well, everyone in the world lives in Los Feliz. That's the other thing. Mm -hmm. And it's just so weird if you then run into the guy that you're also dating. (laughs) And he's like, great, I'll take you to the West Side. Ah. And I was like, fine. So we went on a first date on the West Side and then, like, did not stop seeing each other for, like, 72 hours. We would go home to sleep. Guy. So then I, well, he also weirdly, like, sort of slacked at the same time. He texted me on the night of our first date and I didn't respond for like four hours. And I was like, sorry, out with friends. Mm -hmm. And then that was a weekend. And then he didn't text me until Monday because he was doing some job. He was shooting something, Mm -hmm. which, P.S., I hate. And that was a great sort of test. Like, our phones are on us. You can be in contact with someone. Mm hmm. So by the time he texted me on Monday, I was like, hey, then I sent him that text. I was like, I met someone. I know it's weird. It's crazy. <laughs> Did you copy and paste? Yeah. Did you? I no, 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 I didn't. <laughs> I was like, I know it's crazy. But the thing that my boyfriend did now, and it's really interesting. I've This sounds like, like you want to throw up, but like... It definitely was a very different feeling that I've never felt before. And it almost makes me feel like, oh, I never actually 
had this this is like a different kind of love that I've never felt mm-hmm. and the first night he was like I really like you can we not play games like I want to see you as soon as possible and I was like oh okay <laughs> and I felt the same way I was like I feel the same way and he was like I'm going to a movie tomorrow at one and I'm like okay and I was like I'll think about it and then my brain is going like all the things you've been told like you can't see him right that's too soon you know and you mm-hmm. need to wait a few days and you know wait I had friends telling me like wait 20 minutes to text and all this stuff like all these rules that we've made yeah but if you have found the person that's your match none of those rules matter like none of them matter and right if you both like I mean, to text that's the key. a lot. It's like finding somebody who has the same communication style. Yeah. And maybe even the same love language. It's the same love language. And like some people hate texting and some people love texting. Like mm-hmm. text a lot and some people will be like, why is this bitch texting me so much? Whereas <laughs> other people will be like, great, I need that. Yeah. So like those things matched up. And then, yeah, it was just really weird and interesting and I've never felt anything like that. And it's not that like... F- that intense thing that like burns out you know there have been Mm -hmm. those things where it's just like this wild whirlwind and then it's like crashes yeah um but the things that it brings up for me is like i've never just had someone so sort of fearlessly just openly loving yeah and very unconditionally like the first week we started dating and you deserve that and now you know that it's possible and something that you deserve yeah. and should require like we're going on vacation uh actually next week and we planned that trip like two weeks into seeing each other it was like <laughs> a few months off they're like no one would do this this is crazy like we know we're Bold gonna move. be together yeah I, <laughs> that's so nuts uh, i love like i don't i don't uh i don't participate in um in like high risk sports or i won't skydive but i will i will i will plan a trip with a new boyfriend it's, it's the, the rush yeah it's so crazy and we're yeah. like talking about moving in which brings up a lot what? of things for me because yeah. the last boyfriend of three years like wouldn't move in with me right and i was like which was such a big deal i heard about it oh you did yeah 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 did i tell you who told no. you uh i think dave yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like if we're adults, we're having an adult relationship. I'm thinking that I'm building a life with you mm-hmm. and you won't move in with me. What else are we not doing? Like, do you not want to marry me? Do you not want to have children? Yeah. Because these are things in life that I want. And yeah. then it turned out like, yeah, no, I don't want any of these things. And he literally said to me, which is so weird because I know he really loved me, mm-hmm. but he just didn't want those things. And he was like, every time another one of our friends gets engaged or married or has a baby, I cringe. He said, I cringe mm-hmm. because I know people think we're next in line. And I'm like, nope. Mm. That's something you shouldn't say, I think. But. That's- very truthful. Very hurtful. Yeah. yeah. I think that the, the, I mean, there's no, there's no roadmap for, for how we should do things and what there, or there shouldn't be like, there's no, no roadmap that we have to stick to. That's like, okay, we've been together for this amount of time and then we should yeah. move in or whatever. But the important thing is to be with somebody who's on the same page. Yeah. Maybe even like, like 
be like if you if you didn't want any of those things and never wanted to move in and always wanted to stay in your own space finding that same person who yeah. wants the same thing or or even or even just like is okay i mean the important thing is knowing what you want obviously yeah so it's not good. like one is wrong or bad and the other one's good it's like they just need to match yeah but it is interesting that now in this relationship it's like oh we both want these things and we're so sure about them that i almost feel like a lot of times people in my own experience i feel like i've made things work and mm -hmm. you know because it's been a certain amount of time then i guess we should move in and it's like i mm -hmm. think a lot of us do that because i personally would be scared that i couldn't find the person that was really a good match for me so, really? so I, would, I mean literally settling yeah, yeah so I would just and and it's hard and it, I think settling sounds harsher but like I each person though you know I can see the good qualities in them and they're a good person and mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with them so like yeah why wouldn't I want to make this work mm -hmm. but it's like you know, and you love that person, and it's so sad to, like, that last breakup was such a sad thing, mm -hmm. and we're on good terms and everything, but it was just because, like, we literally don't want the same life things, but he's a good yeah. person, and we really loved each other. Yeah. And this, it's so sad to finally realize that we don't want the same life things. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I just went through a divorce for, I mean, many reasons, but, like, that was a big thing. The yeah. same, the same life things, and that's why it's important to to date, yeah, and to figure out like finding. It's it's so much better to be alone than to be unhappy mm -hmm. in a relationship because that that is when you feel the most alone, yeah, and the most trapped, yeah, and the. Yeah, realizing the the hard thing and the most important thing is going through these really difficult processes where we realize where our priorities are because obviously no one is going to I mean maybe maybe this this happens and maybe this is happening to you now maybe this is happening to me now but chances are someone's not going to show up with all of your same priorities none of your pet peeves <laughs> all of these things but these things are all created so differently and the thing is like what is what is the most important thing to you what is like the unshakable thing like yeah. i don't i didn't know what my unshakable things were until like i'm still learning them yeah. but like looking back like on my first relationship that was like it, it feels in, insane now like just like the, the the idea of like your first serious relationship yeah sends me into a panic because like you don't you haven't gone through these processes and you don't you don't know what you really care about and you don't know what is non-negotiable oh yeah yeah you're not your whole self i mean i think we keep morphing into different selves over time but just <laughs> like add. growing yeah yeah growing yeah. isn't the normal term <laughs> <laughs> yeah but this is like you know with him wanting me to move in that's like wonderful 
but it's triggering all sorts of stuff. And I like as I bring sort of some things over mm-hmm. to kind of like start to test it. I have like a crying meltdown in my apartment each time because it's so scary. And I yeah. keep thinking like, well, what if I move in and then he realizes like, oh, no, yeah. you know, it's just like. But also, what if? Yeah. You know, like you'd be OK mm-hmm. and it would be fine. Yeah. Like it's it. That is a scary thing, and I feel I, I find myself feeling that way in my relationship now because I like I don't want I don't want to go through another breakup. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Like, and I think like before getting divorced, that was a big thing. Like, breakups are so painful and terrible, yeah. and which is another reason why we make things work instead of yeah. just breaking up. Yeah, it's 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 hard, and it takes a lot of uh, courage. <laughs> Let me pat yeah. myself on the back. It takes a lot of courage. Um, but the, uh, yeah, you'd be okay. Mm-hmm. Like in those moments, like I hope like when you're crying in your apartment, <laughs> just put your hand on your heart and know that like you'd be fine. Yeah. You'd be really okay. And I'm also like my actual apartment I really love. Which yeah. is hard. Well, then why leave it? It's been my most favorite apartment because now I'm. it doesn't make sense. It's like... It's as far as like us being in a like we want to be together pretty much all the time. So Why wouldn't like, he come into your apartment? Because his place is bigger. It's just easier for us. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mine is more of a one person apartment for sure. Mm. Um, and yeah. And it was just kind of like my single person apartment. And it yeah. like means a lot to me. Yeah. So I think that's a lot of it, too. It's not like I wouldn't find another beautiful apartment in Los Angeles. No, sure. They're everywhere. But I just really liked this one, like this one. So part of me just feels sad. And even when I left my f- apartment before this apartment, when I was still living by myself, and it was like, I also loved that apartment. I think I have a weird thing. Like, I went to leave, even though I love my current apartment, when I went mm-hmm. to leave the old apartment, I, like, almost cried, and I felt bad for it, and I felt an attachment to it. I think that's because that your, your cells remember that apartment and that place as a place where you were by yourself where you were okay being by yourself maybe like yeah. where you went through like a healing time yeah. or a, like it represents a bravery in you and maybe your best self and so like it's it's hard being like okay I'm going to leave this behind and I hope I find this same yeah energy again. And then even when you move your stuff into a new place, it just doesn't feel like home for a while. Mm-hmm. You have to just kind of get used to it. Yeah. So now at his place, I'm sort of feeling that too. It's like, it's, and I actually like physically like his place better. I'm like, oh, this is really nice too. Mm-hmm. But I just, even with some of my stuff there, it just doesn't, when I walk into my apartment, because it's been home for like almost two years now, I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm home. Mm -hmm. And I just don't have that at his place yet, which will just take time. So I think that's part of, too, why I get Would you guys find a new place together? No. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a good place. It's good. But what we will do is I was like, you know, we need to do things to make this feel like my home, too. Like, Mm -hmm. I need to put some art up and let's change the duvet covers and like that kind of stuff. So it feels like my design, you know, it really matters, like the art and stuff to make it feel like your place. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. You paint it? 
Maybe some painting. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about your contribution to the Museum of Broken Relationships. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you hear about the Museum of Broken Relationships? Um, weirdly, a friend of mine just sent me a link like, oh, this is going to be coming to Los Angeles. Mm. Not even thinking about me contributing to it. Like, right, let's right. go. Because <laughs> it's like really popular in Europe. And I was like, oh, that's so fun. And then I realized, oh, my God. Um, so everyone listening at home, I so I used to have implants. Right. And I had and then, them. And what, it, and what is the Museum of Broken Relationships? For people so people can send in items that remind them of... A relationship. Or... Also, alternate name to this podcast, Museum of Broken Relationships. Yeah. And then you, you submit, you know, this thing. When we have breakups, there are so many things that we still have that remind us of the person. And you don't want to throw them away. Mm-hmm. But you also pro- maybe shouldn't keep them. You're, like, holding yeah. that. And it's like, what do I do with this? And this place is a great place to you know, submit something like that. So mm-hmm. there are all sorts of things. I went and, you know, the first room, it's interesting. They kind of design it to be like less heart wrenching to most as mm-hmm. you walk through. And the ones in the beginning are like, there are a lot of sad ones, but it's interesting. There are also some really like angry ones that I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I can't even read this. Like, you ruined my life. And all this stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's what kind, not... What kind of objects are there? Oh, my God. There's, like, the one that I really remember, uh, there was this, like, prosthetic costume chest hmm. of, like, weird, almost looks like paper mache boobs, but they were rubbery. And this woman was, like, her husband at the time would make her wear that during sex. <laughs> And she, she thought it was like a one-time weird kinky thing, and then I wonder how he like figured that out for himself. Oh <laughs> like, my god, ah, that's my fetish. It was so, and the thing doesn't even look real or cool. Yeah. It's so strange. Um, there's like a vial of um, pubic hair. Some girl was like saving pubic hairs. I forget what the story was because I was just kind of like, oh my god, pubic hair. <laughs> um, there are um, letters, there's like a book, there's the things that I really remember are, um, there are some really heart-wrenching ones that aren't always relationships, but there was one that's like a dress, and this girl was like 15, and she kind of had this like tween sweetheart, and and you know, they had sort of been dating, and um, I guess he was depressed and stuff, and um, he had given her... Looking back, she realized that he kind of said some things where she maybe should have known, but he um, ended up killing himself. Mm-hmm. And she, the dress, he, I think he had helped her pick it out or something, but she actually hadn't worn it yet. He hadn't been able to see it. Mm-hmm. And then she wore it to his funeral. That's so sad. And now the dress, like, is so attached to him that she's like, I can't wear this. Yeah. So she sent that in. Yeah. There's another. There are a few of them where there's been like a war vet who actually is still alive, but their partner, they're so traumatized with PTSD that their personality is like gone. Mm. And their partner is kind of mourning the death of the their old partner. Yeah. And there's something that reminds them of their old husband or mm. even though he's still alive. Yeah. There's a 
there is a display of old cologne bottles and this woman's husband died of cancer oh, no. and the cologne bottles are there and she didn't want to throw them away and it's yeah. really sad there's like there's more of the stories than that but they're just so heart-wrenching and then the other thing i really remember is um there's a blinking flashlight like a little mini flashlight and this guy had gone through a breakup and um the woman killed herself and but she had sent him a care package with that in it and the blinking of it reminds him of like a heartbeat Mm -hmm. and he had been carrying that around with him along with the guilt of her killing herself and so it's in the museum um well it's really cool (laughs) it's a lot of reading it is. I actually was like, oh, I wasn't like prepared for this much reading. <laughs> you need to read all these stories. For object. That's very funny. <laughs> Just FYI. <laughs> uh, yeah. So go, go visit the Museum of Broken Relationships, yeah, but it's not, on if you're, not, not if you're if you not in the read. mood for. Yeah, not if you can't read. Um, and you you posted this on Instagram. I, I didn't even know that you, and I'm assuming most people didn't know that you had breast implants. Or maybe Most people, people didn't. didn't know. A few people in the comedy community knew because my ex decided to have an asshole phase and tell people. Oh my god! I when he knew that that was like a thing for me that I was yeah really didn't want to. Oh geez, I I remember that. Now yeah. I'm kind of putting that together. That, yeah, that's awful. So he basically he cheated on me, but then when I finally left him. I even went to couples therapy with him trying mm. after he cheated on me. And in couples therapy, he demanded that a threesome would be the way to fix the relationship. <laughs> Which is very funny I in mean, hindsight. Gotta, gotta hand it to him. <laughs> like, he said later that uh, he was like, I was like, who are you? This isn't what you're just like I mean, trying when to I'm at deflect. The DMV, when I'm at the DMV and I'm like paying like fees for doing my registration late, I always suggest them just giving me cake. Yeah. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. can I... <laughs> That's exactly You know what, what it would fix this? Yeah. Just like a slice of chocolate cake yeah. and some milk. Thank yeah. you. And I, just, and I just open my mouth. And you're just hoping that they will give it to you. That's yeah. what that was. And the therapist leaned forward and said to me in front of him, I just want you to know. <laughs> I just want you to remember this moment. Yeah. <laughs> how absolutely ridiculous this is. She was like, there You're going plenty... on, my, on my board of amazing. Yeah. Amazing experiences. Yeah. She was like, I just want you to know there are plenty of men out there who would never ask this of you. Mm. And holy shit! Yeah, in front of him. Yeah, and no one's ever asked that of me again. So yes, um, and she. So I finally broke up with him, and when I moved out, he like lost his mind. He lost his mind for a minute, and then there were two months went by, and I was crying, and I would call him at night crying, and he was kind of like. He was so lackadaisical and just like non-affected, and that, which made it even worse for me. And mm-hmm. then I met someone, in hindsight, way too soon, but whatever we learn in life. And I started dating that person, and then he lost it, mm-hmm. and he lost it majorly, and was like publicly crying and screaming, and like sent me videos of himself crying and being like, "This is real." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh... And then he started telling everyone that I had implants and that he paid for them, which is true. He didn't mention that I had to pay him back. Mm-hmm. But it, so how did that like you you I don't know if like your Instagram 
post if the text from that is the text that goes with the... It's just the text that goes in the museum, which I think is kind of just like an overall... It's like Cliff's Notes and and mostly focused on the physical aspects, which were Mm -hmm. grueling. Um, But I do think it's a really important conversation. I mean, women in general, we all don't love our bodies enough. Mm -hmm. No matter how awesome our bodies are, we probably don't know it, you know? And it's like... I don't know. So that's already there. But then if you're with someone who comments on your body, Mm -hmm. run, (laughs) run or address it, you know, be like, it's not okay. So, so he, so he was, he would constantly comment on my body and like, and sometimes it would be masked in a sort of a compliment, but a compliment I now know a compliment just stands like you look so beautiful, not like, oh, you look so beautiful. Like um, you look much thinner today. That's mm-hmm. not a compliment. No, that, and that's the sort of compliments that he would give and like commenting on. And I was like really trying to I was in an obsessed phase of like being super fit. And I was like I had gotten like, you know, and then he kept commenting on my body, which made me like even more. And on your boobs specifically. And on my boobs, he would be like, well, you know, I'm a boob guy. Mm-hmm. And he would show me. He was, like, really obsessed with porn, and he would show me the porn that he... He's like, well, you're not going to like this. They're, like, really big boobs. And, like, that's specifically he... I mean, porn in general has big boobs, but he would, like, really try and get, like, massive boobs in the porn. And then to say to you, you're not going to like this. Yeah. there's something wrong with you because your breasts aren't as large as these women's breasts. As if you couldn't just appreciate a woman's yeah breasts and then like i remember or look at another woman without comparing yourself yeah because he was clearly comparing comparing it. yeah and you know and then there was like one time during sex that he like wanted to titty fuck and like it you need like really big boobs to make that awesome and he just like <laughs> but even if you have really big boobs it's like it's so weird it's, it's really weird and it's very heads up heads up to the to the guys out there <laughs> like it's like i i mean obviously it's a turn on when someone else is turned on yeah but if you could only see what you look like <laughs> not in a body shaming way just in a like it looks like a toddler just it looks like the like the like a sandbox pov of just like a toddler just like putting his finger in a sandwich or something. Yeah, like, it's yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. Uh, it's like squishing hilarious. hamburger which is, in the supermarket. Which is the reason why, like, I don't mind it because it is. It's like humanizing in a way. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's just kind of a, adorable. Yeah, but it's never like, ooh, yeah, yeah. And oh, like the feeling of it's your so weird. And like my, my breasts boobs. are naturally like a little wider set too, so it's just like harder yeah. to scoop them all <laughs> to center. And yeah, yeah. so I remember him just being like, Ugh, like, like over it, and like, and like I was somehow not. Um, good enough for sex or something. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, it was just like a lot of little things like that over time. And of course, those weren't constant. And every day he we also were like best friends and like yeah. got along really well and yeah. laughed. And like and that's what makes these things so tricky is like mm-hmm. if the person was like that to you all the time, you'd be like, go fuck yourself. But yeah. it's very complicated that it's like laced into being kind to you and having yeah. fun and whatever. Well, and it starts slow start slow and, and you kind of you're like okay well that 
that doesn't feel good. But I mean, that just happened that one time. Or like maybe yeah. you would even apologize and then it just like yeah. you know, keeps on And in that relationship, building. like it was beyond the physical, like he would um, just try and convince me that I shouldn't be in this profession because we can't have two actors in the family. And... Mm-hmm. Being like, really being like, you know, I always have waited tables and worked in restaurants and I'm very good at it mm-hmm. and I like it, but I don't mm-hmm. want to do that. And he would be like, well, we should buy a restaurant and we should and you can manage it. And like <laughs> trying to make it like this, like fantasy thing. And I'm like, no, yeah. stop trying to get me to work in restaurants. That's hard. It was just crazy. And then the craziest thing was like, I had tested for SNL so I get flown to New York mm-hmm. and this is the most career sabotage I've ever experienced in my life it's off the charts oh no oh, so God. he they flew me out twice and the first time they flew me out it was Valentine's Day weekend and so I'm in New York and I'm going to do the first round test and uh, he cheats on me on Valentine's Day that's when he cheated <laughs> while I'm testing for SNL. I mean, that's the most sabotage. <laughs> and he's like claiming that he, he didn't you? know it was Valentine's Day. I'm like, in America, you didn't know it was Valentine's Day? <laughs> but Impossible. Also, but also, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. And um, he didn't, he just said something weird, and I knew that something was wrong. I'm always very intuitive with my partners, mm-hmm. and I just knew that what he said was, like, off, and yeah. he was, like, with some girl and getting drinks, and now I'm too drunk, and I'm going <laughs> to sleep on her couch, and I was like, no, and this was a girl who he had been, like, fixating on, yeah. and he, oh, here's the other thing, anyone listening out there, like, the physical things, like, my hair is blonde. He would always, like, fixate on dark-haired girls, and then he would constantly comment on, like, what if my hair was brown? Or something, you know, like just someone trying to physically yeah. change you and constantly commenting on how maybe you're physically not good enough is yeah. so fucked up. And then I started to be like, maybe I should dye my hair darker. And like, it was just really many levels of messed up. But yeah, I was like screaming in the street in New York, like, what did you do? <laughs> I was that person. <laughs> I never get angry. First of all, I never scream. That was amazing. I was like on the street. <laughs> but I was that person. And then he admitted it. I like kept screaming at him until he would admit it. And then, um, yeah, but at that point, I had already had the the implants. Um, I got them, like, we lived in New York together, and then right before we moved here, I had gotten them. And I remember I had gotten, like, really fit. I looked like a fucking Pilates instructor. <laughs> and I felt so great about myself, and I was yeah. like, wow, this is awesome. And, of course, my boobs got even smaller. That's what happens when you lose weight. Yeah. And, um... He was out here doing pilot season, and I had been in New York. And this is a fucked up thing that, because I think I was an overweight teenager, tweenager, <laughs> when you've been overweight, I would have this thing of like, and the next time they see me, I'm going to be thin, you know, like, yeah, which is a really fucked up thing. And I yeah. would do that, like, if I was away from my mom for a week, I'd be like, I'm going to be five pounds thinner, which is, no, you're not. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And no one ever noticed anyway. So I have this weird game that I couldn't win always happening in my mind. Yeah. And 
So I go out for pilot season and I had lost like legit like 15 or so pounds mm. and I'm not tall. Like that's a lot on yeah. my body and I wasn't overweight to start. So I was like so small and I went to LA and he was like, wow, your body looks amazing. And he's like, I mean, imagine that body with boobs. Uh, this is so heartbreaking Yeah, to hear about this. So then I got convinced and then I and then I was convinced like yeah my boobs suck and like mm. also it was a perfect storm like when you've lost a lot of weight in life mm-hmm. your boobs get a little saggy and I was like yeah like I then I went to this surgeon just for a consultation and I'm so mad at her. I went to a woman. I purposely wanted a woman mm-hmm. and I think it was kind of my last hope. I was thinking like maybe she'll be like that therapist before was like, yeah. let me tell you something, <laughs> you know, yeah. no guy would ever ask this of you. Uh, but she didn't do that. She was like, yeah, well, cosmetic you're... surgeons are in the business of like, yeah, selling you. And she was like, yeah, insecurity. your breasts are tuberous, which means like potato shaped instead of teardrop shaped, which P.S. There are a million shapes and they're all beautiful. Yeah. So she like convinced me that I was like deformed then. And that she would change the shape of them, which also, like, I don't know, if you're going to get implants on your own accord and you feel really good about yourself and you're in a grounded place, first of all, that's the only way you should ever get them. But still question that, because why are you getting them? Mm -hmm. Why isn't your body beautiful enough? Or if you have, but there's like a million reasons. People have cancer or whatever else. But if you are going to get them. I think it's fine. It's it's fine as long as it's your choice and you feel really grounded and secure in it. Yeah. Because if you don't, whatever you're trying to fix by getting them will never be fixed and it'll just be one more thing. Yeah. So I got also them. Also, getting them to please somebody else or because yeah. it's sort of thing that they've put in your Yeah, because I had never thought in my life that I wanted them. Yeah. And they didn't sit in my body right. My body kind of rejected them. She tried to change the shape. It became They became this bizarre shape. Then she did another Question surgery. Mark. Yeah, it was just like, it's like hard to explain. It's like Mr. Potato Head on my Mm. body. And then she tried to fix them and they were like a little better. But when she fixed them, she cut. She'd said that my chest muscles were the thickest muscles she'd ever seen. Which I'm like, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, Um, Pilates. Probably from waiting tables and babysitting. But um, uh, the first time the chest muscles had grown back. Which you're supposed uh-huh. to detach them a little to put them underneath the muscle. And uh, mine had grown back. And part of me is like, fuck yeah, body. Good job. <laughs> like, my body's like, you can't cut me. But then she like went and detached them almost all the way, oh, which is really crazy. And you can't be walking around like that. You can't be physical with like your chest not attached to your body. Yeah. Um, so that created all these physical problems. But... You know, emotionally, I think I just was, like, not in the right place to get those. And then I had a ton of therapy. He and I ended up breaking up. And I had done all this work on myself for years and years and years and years. And then that felt like the final piece that was, like, this isn't me. Mm -hmm. I never really wanted these. Yeah. I felt massive amounts of shame around them. Yeah. Which is also very interesting, like... Just on a feminism note, and it's like go on for about this for hours, but it's interesting how shitty women can be to you 
if you have bigger boobs or mm-hmm. if they suspect that you got implants. It's like I felt like people who were my friends suddenly like didn't like me now out of nowhere instead mm-hmm. of if a friend of mine Those aren't very good friends. Yeah. If a friend of mine got implants like, OK, great. None of my business. And also, like, I don't know, maybe talk to her about it. Like, in my case, I needed someone to reach out and be like, are you OK? Because I wasn't. Yeah. And it's just so shitty that people, like, turned their backs on me, and especially in the comedy community. And, like, there was, like, this rumor going around used to be like, yeah, I heard Dre, like, moved out to L.A. and got implants. Like, just so cold-hearted and yeah, and so, like, no one thought to think deeper about it. You know, right. and there's this thing like even now when people know or that even I not <laughs> like what is that conversation? What is that? Well, it's also shitty. That? It's like we only women only care when it's something that we f- feel gives the other person a leg up with men. No one is that judgmental about a nose job or mm. dyeing your whole head a different color. You know, like, there's so many things that we do. Makeup makes your whole face look different. Yeah. It's just like, but it's no, interesting. There's probably, there's probably some sort of primal explanation yeah. for that as well. As yeah, well, yeah, there are articles about it. It's like, for sure, it, it just makes... There's an unfortunate thing that we haven't shaken yet, that we're in competition for each other, mm-hmm. with each other, for men. Mm-hmm. As advanced as we've become, as many things as we've achieved, there still is this like cutthroat, <laughs> unfortunate thing happening where we're in competition for men, heterosexual women, obviously. I'm talking about, <laughs> and it's interesting. And I, I was like, it's possible to think past that to be. It's absolutely possible, but I think we all have to like actively talk to ourselves. Like when you see a woman, and you just like baseline don't like her right off the bat Mm. ask yourself why Mm -hmm. because you haven't had a conversation with her Mm -hmm. what insecurity is harping in you that's (laughs) what it is Mm -hmm. and there's like a very you know I used to say to my friends like there's like a a really strong selective feminism happening right now. It's mm-hmm. like feminism and support for women so long as you're not threatened by them. <laughs> but that's people in general. There'll be a lot of friends who are like so supportive of you and then you start doing well and suddenly they're not your friend anymore. Like people yeah. just feel threatened if they think that you're like have a leg up in any way. Sure. Or if you're going through like a big <clears throat> life change. It is. I mean, the the cool the cool part of what you're talking about is that, like, the, the, again, those people aren't your friends, no. or you don't you don't want to be friends with people who can't can't handle your sexuality or or are so insecure in themselves that they can't be around somebody else who's also killing it yeah but I think but I think I think it's a maturity thing and I I mean I I for I for the longest time just had when I was younger just had male friends and I was like oh I'm just like I don't you know I don't get along with women and I like all my friends are guys because they're just like more fun and there's less drama yeah but the actual truth was that all my friends were guys because there was no 
threat there. Right. And I was really essentially like af- afraid of women. Yeah. And I also like most of those guys were kind of just hanging out because maybe I would have sex with them eventually. Yeah. And so like the, they were just super flattering and just like I could do no wrong. And it was most of those friendships, some of them were real friendships, but most of them were not real friendships. Yeah. And I was like, no, just like my friends are guys and I am the center of attention and I'm amazing. And then I think it like took like I it actually took being I was on an improv team and like the most beautiful babliest babe got added there was discussion about her being added to the team and I think it was like 24 and I just I immediately was was like "Mm, no I don't I don't think I don't think she she should be um, I think we have enough I think I was the only woman on the team too so I was like possessive over that and she got added to the team and uh, her and I like I had I had to make a decision where I was like okay like this is happening she's much more beautiful than you are and now you're not the center of attention and then her and I became really close friends yeah and then it opened up the door for being friends with all these women like and now those female friendships are so precious and great yeah so maybe the prescription if you're feeling threatened by women is befriend a super hot woman who you're you feel threatened by yeah because I actually don't think I feel threatened Really? No, and it's all like beauty is relative. We all find different things beautiful. So mm-hmm. just because you're threatened by someone that you think is more beautiful than you doesn't mean that they are more beautiful than you or that you're not beautiful. Yeah. You know? Also, it's it's like, it's it's okay. It's also okay. I mean, physical, like beauty is a wonderful thing. And it's it doesn't take everything. away. <laughs> it's also not everything. And it doesn't take away from you at all mm-hmm. if someone in the room is beautiful. It's it's nice. It's a good it's a good thing. Yeah, it's really your personality in the end, and that's what people want to be around. Mm-hmm. And if there are people who don't want to be around that, I feel like you don't want to be around them. Like if someone doesn't yeah. want to spend time with you because of your personality, forget <laughs> sure, them sure anyway. Yeah. But I think like the most interesting thing that I've taken away from this is like it's really interesting to be on two sides, like having implants and not having implants and seeing how people treat you. Mm. And, you know, it really infuriates me. And I understand it, but it's a lot of people have said to me when they've found out like, oh, you don't seem like the type of girl who would have implants. Mm. And they don't realize how extremely ignorant and judgmental that is. Yeah. There's no type of woman that have implants. Mm-hmm. And I think when they're saying that, they, they're alluding to the idea that I like aspire to be living in the Playboy Mansion or something, you know? And even that type of woman isn't bad, and why are you judging that type of woman? It's like, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out what they mean, but... All types of women have them for all types of reasons, whether they're moms whose breasts have like really changed after nursing, or maybe they had a double mastectomy, or maybe they... Um, maybe they just want great tits. They, they just, just like, want, want great it. tits. Maybe they, like, that's just... I, 
yeah. A lot of fitness right. women have them, professionals who have, like, really worked on their bodies. And then, like, yeah, sorry, your breasts do kind of shrink when you are, like, a professional fitness person. And then they, their whole business is a physical aesthetic, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just, like, a thing. And it's, like, none of that is to be judged. And, yes, in general, we should all actively work on loving our bodies more but if you actively love your own body and your own self it does not matter what other people are doing to theirs i wonder if it's also a projection of vulnerability like breasts are inherently female Mm -hmm. and like i wear i wear a sports bra almost every day like i have Mm -hmm. like i have like sizable breasts. Yeah. Like I wear a really tight sports bra because I like since I was a teenager and like depending on if I'm wearing like a dress that requires a bra, I'll wear a I'll wear a bra. I will wear a bra, mom. I promise <laughs> I'll wear a bra. But for the most part, I I like bind myself almost because I like having large breasts makes me feel vulnerable. Yeah. And makes me feel like if I if I if I bring my breast like closer to my chest and I'm more and I'm less female, I feel like I have more control. I feel mm-hmm. like I'm less vulnerable. I feel like people aren't going to are going to look at me in less of a sexual way. Yeah. And also in less of a female way, which is really sad because we all have this like this this weird prejudice against women. Mm-hmm. And like the so yeah, when like when I when I saw that post and you and then you had and you said that you had breast implants, my impulse wasn't like, ah, she's not the kind of yeah person. But I was immediately like, oh god, like I, <laughs> I mean, to add to you know, because it's it's that's terrifying. Like, you must have felt really vulnerable. Yeah, and when I posted that, I almost I felt like I was gonna throw up. It was so scary. Yeah. Because it's a secret that I've been carrying for... Literally. Like eight years now. Yeah. Because yeah, I had them in for like... F- oh, wait. Sorry. Six years now. Because I had them in for five, and then I had them, I've had them out for a year now. And it was interesting, like, having them in. I didn't want anyone to know that I had them, and then people were talking, and I remember, like, I used to do college humor videos, and people commenters would be like she got implants and like Mm. then like even the editors had asked my boyfriend at the time like did Dre get implants and he was like he was a fucking idiot just the way that he would answer the questions but Mm. I was like I don't know if someone asked just be like I went on birth control or something I don't know Mm. and um yeah, and it was just this weird thing, and I immediately realized that it what it's felt like a very unsafe space, and that's because I wasn't secure in my decision, mm-hmm. and I don't know. So I like didn't want anyone to know then because then I I I think I wasn't prepared. It's interesting. It's kind of funny and naive. Like as a person who's always had smaller breasts in life, it's interesting. You don't know the attention that larger breasts get. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was thinking that it would kind of be no big deal. <laughs> and I didn't realize no, yeah, no. that People was another like yeah. weird, ama- it was like an accidental life experiment. And I wish <laughs> I had journaled from day one. Mm. I would also be spatially unaware and I would hit things. Yeah, I was like, that is hilarious. I'm just, I'm just picturing you like knocking off 
cups of milk off of cameras. Yeah. I, I, was, like my, my, I just imagined the beginning of a very quirky <laughs> porn. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? What? It was so <laughs> crazy. But yeah, I never wanted anyone to know. And then they also were like a little bigger than I thought they would be, which is a weird thing. It's hard to like uh, try and figure out yeah. this like blob of goo and then it goes in your and body it's and it And it's a fucking painful surgery and you don't want to make the wrong. Heaven yeah. forbid you get them and they're not big enough. Well, I, well, that's the surgeon was like, you know, 80% of re-surgery, that's not the word, um, is because people didn't get them big enough. So she what convinced me to go bigger asshole. when I had just wanted like a really small Fuck little bump her. up. What a terrible person. Yeah. How do you sleep at night? Yeah. You nightmare. And then this current surgeon was like a blessing. I didn't know that you could take them out because you can't shove a golf ball into a tomato. I mean, you and can. And then pull the, toma- pull the golf porn. ball out <laughs> and then think the tomato will be the same shape. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot. They, like, really ruin your breasts. So uh, I thought that I was going to be stuck with just really small implants, like maybe the smallest that they make. Mm. And she um, told me, like, no, you can. They had to, like, take some fat from my lower back. Oh, no. Were you like, no, not that? Well, well, that was actually great because it's really weird having been an overweight kid. There's a hard patch of fat that was on my lower back. And this yeah. is really crazy. But um, I once went to a chiropractor and I was like laying on my stomach and he goes, did you used to be overweight? And I was like, what the fuck? Uh, and I was like, yeah. And he is like, it's really interesting. People who have been overweight and then lost a lot of weight, they all have this hard patch of fat on their lower back. And it's like a fat, unlike any other fat on my body, it's like really firm. Weird. And it was like this, like, and it, it was so strange. It always kind of bothered me. Yeah. And she was like, oh, that's perfect fat because it's very stubborn and it's not going anywhere. So yeah. she took a little bit of that fat and then put it in the bottom of my breast so that um, the scar wouldn't show. Oh. Because they made this scar and they had changed the shape and then the implant like sat over the scar. Mm. So when you take that out, then I would have just had like two large scars on the top of my abdomen. Yeah. So they had to put a tiny bit of fat in the bottom to just cover the scar. And it's like, (laughs) depending, I mean, I'm not going around topless all the time. You can still kind of see the scar because it wasn't that much fat that they took, but it's better than just like straight up. Also, I think it's nice that you have the scar. Yeah. Thanks. A nice memory. Yeah. It's not a, a nice memory, but a nice reminder. It's a good reminder. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks. I appreciate you being here. Thank you. Do you have any final? <laughs> <laughs> Such an intense ending. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. My final thoughts are like, love yourself. Be kind to other women. If you think another woman, if you hate her upon seeing her, ask yourself why. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Yay. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Andre Vermeulen. Uh, Andrew Tribeca, which is a very funny show starring Rashida Jones and Andre, is coming to TBS uh, for its third season, coming back to TBS on April 10th. Uh, follow Andre on Twitter. Her handle is Dre Andre, which is D R E E A N D R E E. Also, if you have a story about holding on to anything after a relationship, email, I mean, any like physical thing or totem or whatever, email it to me at thisfeelsterrible at gmail.com and maybe I will read it on the podcast. Now, uh, continuing my streak of recommending things that I like, and this is not a paid advertisement, I, I think that if you listen to this podcast, you will also 
enjoy the podcast being honest with my ex which i've mentioned on this podcast before it's a podcast featuring conversations with two people peter and sj who were engaged for three years and then they broke up and they didn't talk for a while and now they record a podcast here's a clip from that show it's funny because if someone read my love letters of which have i written love letters i'm sure i have not to me i would feel like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Didn't I write love? I'm sure I wrote you some really nice emails. <laughs> you wrote me some like very matter of fact emails like, Peter, don't forget to pay rent this month. <laughs> that does not sound like me because you were in charge of paying rent. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote you one love letter and you were like, yeah. And I was like, well, I'm not going to bother with doing that again. <laughs> really? Can we read it? Yeah. Do you want me to find it? Yeah. It was a semi-funny love letter, but it was really, like, deeply, intently meant to be... It was me expressing my true feelings. But there's this thing, right, of, like, it's being vulnerable in different ways. So when you're vulnerable in a love letter way... Oh, I found it. (laughs) What is it? What do I have to type in? Okay, I'll forward it to you and you read it. Okay. Oh, I remember this. So this is a love letter, love email, that was sent... Should I read the whole thing? It's kind of long. It's probably be okay. Um, we'll see how we go. Uh, that was sent in June 2012. Subject T. So we'd been together for about nine months at that point. We'd been living together for seven months. We moved in really quickly. Yeah. Yep. Everyone said that was a stupid idea. I still think it was a good idea. It was the correct decision. <laughs> I don't feel like there is correct, but okay. There is, and we made it. <laughs> Alrighty. It says, hey, SJ. I was thinking about buying an urn earlier. Oh my god, this is going to make me cry. Just wait, I'm going to get a tissue in preparation. Fuck it. Just getting the whole box. I haven't read any of these kind of emails from us. Okay, so it says, Hey SJ, I was thinking about buying an urn earlier, and it made me wonder if there was anyone in the world who loves tea more than I love tea. Oh god. Are you crying about how much I love tea? Because <laughs> I really love tea, and I'm sorry that affects you emotionally. I'm actually not sure why you're crying. Uh, you're crying a lot, and it's certainly interesting. <laughs> because so far, all you've read is the fact that I love tea. Yeah, but I know what you say. Okay, carry on. Um, okay. See, I really love tea. I'm probably not going to be able to read all of this. I just realized. Okay. Suck it up and get the whole email. Go from from the start. You're not allowed to say anything except the words of the email. You're allowed to stop and cry, but you have to like pick right up where you, where you ended. That's the the rules of this game. That's why they call it the crying game. This is a cruel, cruel game. Hey, SJ. I was thinking about buying an urn earlier, and it made me re- wonder if there was anyone in the world who loves tea more than I love tea. See, I really love tea. Tea cheers me up when I'm down. It warms me when I'm cold. I love waking up to a cup of tea, and if I could, I'd go to sleep with a cup of tea every night. I love the look of tea, the taste of tea, the smell of tea. In a strange way, I even love the sound of tea. 
Tea makes me happy and I love introducing it to new people. I love the feeling that tea gives me and I want to share that joy by bringing tea to others. <laughs> I plan on spending the rest of my life drinking tea and I get sad when I can't have it for any reason. I really love tea. <laughs> you sound like a salesman. <laughs> but when I was trying to work out how, and therefore anyone, could love tea any more than I currently love tea, I realize a few things. I love tea conditionally. If there's no milk or sugar, I won't even bother. It's rare, but there are times, sometimes even days at a time, when I'm not in the mood for tea. And I don't want tea to change. I'm happy with tea as it is, and if you offer me tea that is different, I'd rather stay with the tea the way that I have it. And I'm sure that there are people out there who want to dedicate their life to tea, but not me. I don't want to work with tea or study tea. I'm happy for tea to be in the background for the rest of my days, something that I enjoy but don't have to put effort into. So it's definitely possible, hard though it is to believe, for someone to love tea more than I love tea. Oh, fuck you. Um, but this got me thinking, and it made me realize that while it's not true for tea... Well, you are crying so much more than I expected. My intent was not to make you cry a lot. I did not expect this to have this kind of emotional reaction. I'm very happy that you are, but it wasn't my intent. <laughs> uh, fuck you. And that was Peter and SJ. If you enjoy that, uh, please listen to Being Honest With My Ex. And you can also go to beinghonestwithmyex.com. And the reason why I'm, I'm playing this clip on the show right now is that they currently have a Kickstarter uh, going, which is funding a live show in Melbourne. They haven't been in the same place for a couple years now. They've recorded this podcast all all via Skype. So this is uh, the Kickstarter is to pay for travel expenses and all sorts of things. Let's all support independent artists right now. Uh, as of this recording, they have actually funded the Kickstarter, but they could use more money. I just know they haven't asked me to say this, but they could use they could use more money. So if you're feeling generous, go to beinghonestwithmyex.com. Uh, also, also, you can follow This Feels Terrible on Instagram. I'll be posting a picture of Andre's breast implants at the museum, as well as um, the kooky outfit I was wearing when we recorded this that we referenced, and uh, maybe something else. We'll see. Lastly, lastly... Um, Oh, actually, this isn't last. Second to lastly, please, please, please uh, leave a review on iTunes, please. Please just take a second. It'll make me really happy. It helps the show. It'd be nice. Please leave a review if you have not already. And one more thing. I am personally going to be in Austin. I don't know why I'm saying personally. I personally, I don't know about you, but I'm going to be in Austin for South by Southwest. I'm going to be doing... I'm going to be promoting um, Harmon Quest 
and I'm, I'm making a trip out of it. I'll be there for a little while with Potty, and I want to inter- interview some interesting people for the show. So, if you know of someone I should interview, I'm going to have my Zoom recorder with me, and hopefully I'll talk to some of my friends when I'm there. But if you have a personal connection to somebody who you think would be great on the show, um, who's going to be there maybe promoting a, a, a thing, or if you personally are Edgar Wright, and you wouldn't mind sitting down with me for a conversation, that would also uh, be great. If you if you know someone, if you are happen to be someone's manager or agent, even I don't know. I'm just putting this out into the world. Uh, email this feels terrible at gmail.com. Okay, that's it. I love you. Megath attack. Though we're apart these days, we're sharing more. So at Geico, we'd like to say thanks. Thanks for sharing your savage dance moves. Thanks for sharing your DIY haircut fails. Thanks for sharing your inner lip sync star. Now it's our turn to share with the Geico Give Back, a 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies for current and new customers. Because we're committed for the long haul, the 15% credit lasts your full policy term. Visit geico.com slash giveback for more info and eligibility.